Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. Welcome to the Strange and Unusual Minute, minute also known as Minute Number 43. Um, in this minute, Lydia tells Adam and Barbara that she has read the manual, which is something they haven't managed to do, that she sees them because she is strange and unusual. And then they reciprocate by showing her the model and then lets them know that they want the Dietzes to move out. So who wants to start? Oh, wait, we also have a special guest today, and we brought him here all the way from Sulphur, Louisiana, actor Anthony Phillips. <laughs> it's your time. Oh, God, please don't do it. And the whole, <laughs> the whole What? What? Please don't do the whole minute in that voice. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My uh, ears were deceiving me. <laughs> that's why we have a picture of Elmo on this minute instead of Beetlejuice. <laughs> Just kidding. I think this minute kind of proves my point that maybe Lydia is a studious student because she's actually read the book and she actually understands the book, whereas both of the Maitlands have not been able to make heads nor tails of this book. Well, I'm pretty sure Adam has been hogging the book the whole time. I don't think we ever see Barbara looking at it. Well, she's looking at it over his shoulder, but I don't think we ever see it actually in her hands. Maybe she doesn't like reading. Maybe. Or Adam's just a book hog. Or Adam's a book hog. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and he he gets all, you know, you can see us. You can see us. No one else can see us. I mean, he almost gets angry at her. So I, I, I could totally see him as the kind of guy who would just hold on to the book the whole time. Uh, this is kind of a side note, too. It's related, but I want to bring it in. Um, there's a book by writer Christopher Moore called A Dirty Job. And there's a character in it that is very Lydia-like. She plays a, a character that's uh, working in this antique store. And she accidentally receives this book that was meant for somebody else. And it's a book about how to be basically the Grim Reaper. And she does the exact same thing Lydia does. She just pours over the thing because she's very goth and she's very emo. And so I was just wondering if maybe his influence for that character wasn't Lydia from Beetlejuice. This is I something like, odd to could think be, about. Could be. I like that idea. There might also be another character reference here. I'm not quite sure which one came first, but this is the second time I've heard Prince Valium, the first being Spaceballs, which was a year earlier. Right. So I'm not sure who took what from who. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Delia is sleeping with Prince Valium. Well, and also kind of a uh, throwback also to, of course, Prince Valiant, which well, is where yeah. it came from originally, right. too. So. They would have been in production probably at the same time the other one had come out. But, you know, ad-libs, actors ad-lib all the time, don't they, Anthony? No way. <laughs> well, Prince Valium <laughs> is in this script, so... Oh, so the script was around before. Hmm. You know, multiple people read scripts way before someone decides to make one. So there could be the same person who who read this could have been the writer for Spaceballs. I hate everything about this script, except that Prince Valium joke is kind of fun. <laughs> Let's put it in Spaceballs or vice versa. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, since I'm talking already, I guess I'll keep talking for a little while on the psychology of the characters. I love that Barbara says that Lydia looks like a regular girl to her, even though obviously she's a little different from Barbara, especially, um, and that she's so accepting. And that Lydia's nonchalant acceptance of her saying that tells us a lot about her character that 
Lydia really is who she is. She's not rebelling in any way as in, oh, I'm just going to be like this just to be different from my dad and my mom and all the kids at school. She really is that way. She really is intrigued by, you know, the paranormal, the goth, the melancholy, whatever, the giant spider she takes pictures of with her camera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, in the script, they actually have her blushing uh, every time Barbara gives her a compliment. Aw. Well, yeah, she's not used to it at all. Yeah. For sure. And a little bit of foreshadowing. I shouldn't say foreshadowing. It's really just the beginning of the bonding of them because they do bond throughout the movie as a, almost like a surrogate family. Well, and to go back to what you're saying, too, about the whole situation, she doesn't at any point in time just argue for the sake of arguing. You know, like you were saying about the rebelliousness of it. She definitely is who she is. But I think there's definitely kindred spirits there from the moment they meet. Oh, yeah. Oh, spirits, kindred. Hey, punny. Ha. I'm punny. Well, you can clearly see Adam's also, you know, well, obviously he's proud of the model, but uh, he's delighted that someone else is taking taking an interest in it as well. Well, and I think it's cool that he carved them. Most people would actually, like, do it a different way. They actually go out and buy the models and then just mod- change them, paint them, do whatever they needed to if they buy the kits or whatever. But it sounds like he actually took wood and actually sculpted them out and made them, which is pretty impressive, especially when you're lighting them from the inside. Yeah. I thought that was unique as well. I was like, well, look at you, mister. Then we can see why it took so much time to build. Too. And it'll keep him busy for the next 125 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Assuming that other people move in and he can see them from outside the windows. Yes. Assuming. Assuming. Hey, and now we solve the whole issue about consumables because as long as Lydia's in the house, she can always buy extra toilet paper. Ha ha. Leave, leave a few egos around. And Weird. toasters. Reese's Pieces. That's a different movie. <laughs> oh, right. right. We, we, well, we just burned through a couple different references with those. <laughs> <laughs> I love her little, when uh, they're asking about you know, scaring the deets away. I love her her scoffing laugh as she turns away, like, <laughs> not this family. That was awesome. That was so um, natural in the moment, present moment, actor speak. <laughs> it was so unexpected. I loved it. Are we assuming then, too, that her mom died? I've always assumed she did, and that's kind of what started her on this trail in the first place. That she mm-hmm. might be in perpetual sort of melancholy. Kind of, like her mom died in an early age, and she kind of like just got kind of obsessed with death and its meaning and stuff, anything related to it, and it just kind of morphed into this. Yeah. I can see that. Well, she's not She's not exactly melancholy. I mean, I don't see her, when the Dietzes aren't there, I don't see her moping in her room. Mm-hmm. Right. She loves her camera. So, I mean, yeah. she definitely does see things through that lens. So, I, I mean, I think she does, she has a hobby. You know, she obviously loves to read. She's mm-hmm. studied, like you said. She's smart. So, I mean, I don't think, like, anything wrong with it necessarily. I just think that this is where her interests lie, is in this kind of, this area. Exactly. Right. I, I like that thought. That could be her backstory. That's a great backstory for her. I, if I was her and I was, I was, you know, acting in this role, that would be what I would have done. That would be what I would have written for my past. If you were a little girl? Well, you know, <laughs> we know what Terry Gilliam said. There's a child in all of us who knew his was a 12-year-old girl. So <laughs> Sweet. That was Terry Gilliam? I thought that was Joss Whedon. Terry Gilliam said that Probably about uh, <laughs> when he did Tidelands. Oh, he said okay. that, you know, he, he does different movies for different reasons. And his influence on this one was that he always felt that he had that child inside of him that needed to come out and he needed to write a story about it. He just didn't realize that his was a 12-year-old girl. So at least we got a fun comment out of that whole mess. Right, right? Well, I don't know. That's about it with me for this one. Yeah, I didn't really have too many notes on this one either. Just we love Lydia. 
as as we should, as everyone should. Strange yes. and unusual things we love as well. Yes. Well, and I think the thing is too is we na- we definitely have to care about her enough for to worry about her when things come soon. Right. On that note, coming soon, another minute on the Beetlejuice Minute. Until next time, save us some popcorn and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.